You're listening to Church on the Path Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Good to be back with you all. Hallelujah. Why don't we pray? Amen? We'll pray. Father, thank you for your word. We're asking, Holy Spirit, that you would breathe fresh life on your word. And especially today, that you would heal our eyes so that we would see clearly. And we would see like Jesus saw. Give me grace to share and let your word go out and do its work and cause there to be a great harvest from the seeds of your word sown today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you can put your hands on your hearts and pray with me nice and loud. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life. Amen. Amen. Well, the message today is entitled Fresh Eyes, Fresh Eyes. And when we, usually come, when we usually come back from these family holidays, often I don't share the first Sunday. We have different people will share different testimonies as a way to reconnect. But I know that Daniel and Diane did that last week. You had testimonies. And so I thought it would be good to share a little bit. So this is a lighter message. I'm not too sure if I could do a lighter message, but this is a lighter message. (laughs) And I don't have any visuals, uh, like I said, but we're going to first turn to Matthew 6, 22. Matthew Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. And this is a place of scripture that I believe the Lord has Uh, us to be in, and I believe it's important for the whole body of Christ worldwide. And here Jesus says, and this is in the Sermon on the Mount, and you've heard me read it before, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So I want to read, and we're going to focus on that first part, the first verse there. Now notice that Jesus says, if your eyes are healthy. I want you to say that with me, healthy. 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 Now there's different ways that the Greek can be translated. It could be uh, one way that's very literal. It's single, and this is having to do with Uh, simplicity of devotion, uh, singly devoted to the Lord, uh, good, healthy. Uh, These are all different ways that it can be translated. Sincere, pure, the idea of being pure and our eyes being pure. 
the theme this morning is this. Jesus heals our eyes so that we can see clearly. Jesus heals our eyes that we can see clearly. And I'm especially referring to the eyes of our hearts. So today I want to talk to you about our eyes and vision. But not as much about the vision for the future or our vision for the future, but rather our everyday vision, our daily vision. So you wake up in the morning, what is your vision? What do you see? Uh, what are you looking forward to? How do you see the world? So you, when you wake up in the morning, how do you see the world? I know many times because we've been through lots of troubles, I would wake up in the morning with a big groan and like, <laughs> different health issues, different things that have happened, and it's waking up with a big groan. But especially during this trip away, the Lord was speaking to me about this, this whole thing of seeing the world with fresh eyes, and this is one of the things he was doing, one of the major things. So are my eyes healthy? This is a question that I'm asking myself. We're asking ourselves, are my eyes healthy? When I wake up in the morning, am I seeing the day ahead rightly? Or am I seeing, when's the next trouble going to come? Who's going to attack me this day? Uh, what bad thing is going to happen? And that we could be tempted to see things that way. When I was reading the Song of Songs, so what, what I was doing during the holiday is every morning uh, I would wake up and I would take one verse of the Song of Songs and I would write it out in Hebrew and I would translate it and then I would meditate on it and I would use that in my devotion and I had such a rich time in doing that, in looking at one verse a day in the Song of Songs. When we were at the, the stables, we stayed in these converted stables, which was a real adventure, awesome, beautiful property. I would go out on the veranda, and it was seven degrees in the morning. I'd make myself a cup of coffee, but I was determined to go out on the veranda to have my devotions with the Lord. Now, there's something very interesting. I had a jacket on. I had my coffee. It was seven degrees. The air felt like ice, but when I was spending time with the Lord, I did not feel cold. <laughs> at night, I felt, at night, I felt cold, you know, under the blankets. I was sleeping with my jacket on and my socks on and my pants on. I was like, <laughs> uh, but when I get, got out there it, with my devotions, I felt the warmth and from the inside, and I didn't feel so cold, and this is what I, I would be doing in the morning. One of the precious things that happen uh, throughout the trip is Valerie would also, when she would wake up, she would have her devotions too. She'd pull out her children's Bible. She would open it. She'd read a passage, and then often in the morning, she'd come up to me, and I was on holidays, but I was waking up early <laughs> every morning. <laughs> Uh, it was the one time that I really wanted to sleep in, but I couldn't. <laughs> and it's funny like that. I was, falling to, I was falling asleep. I was falling asleep at about 8 at night and then waking up early 
I was like, oh, the one time that I can really, like, stay up late. <laughs> and so I, anyway, I'm out there, uh, usually on the balcony, having my uh, time with the Lord. And there's Valerie, she'd come up to me, and she said, Dad, I have a question. I didn't understand what I read this morning. Could you explain it to me? And we would have this, Valerie and I, and... I would help answer her question, and then we would pray together. And another beautiful thing that happened during our holidays is that Eva was a great big sister to Valerie. So one, one of the reliefs of a parent is, is if the kids are not fighting, that's a good thing because a lot of your energy goes into breaking up fights, stop this, stop that, uh, and you're, you're drained. But they were good 95% of the time. <laughs> so that's good. They were good. And uh, Eva really took Valerie under her wings and they had long walks on the beach together. And we had that precious family time. So getting back to reading the Song of Songs, so I was reading the Song of Songs, which is going to be uh, a major, if not the major emphasis of next semester. And so I'm reading this each day uh, over the break. And as I'm reading it, it's helping me to see clearly, to see like the bride does and to see like the bridegroom does. And reading Song of Songs gives, there's something about that if you read it rightly, if you read it by the power of the Spirit, it gives you healthy seeing helps you to see clear. It helps you to see with these eyes of love. And so this um, began to speak to me, and I can't go through all of it now because it's going to take a whole semester to unpack, but I just wanted to let you know that this began something of God speaking to me about having fresh eyes, which brings me to, let's go to Psalm 65, 8. Uh, you may not have heard, of, heard this psalm before. No one in church ever speaks about it. Uh, <laughs> wretched ones we are. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding around because Donna prophesied and read from Psalm 65 this morning during worship. And this Psalm 65, 8 stuck out to me. And this whole thing of seeing healthy and seeing the world differently. So there's a way we can see the world, and that is it's all gloom, it's all doom, it's all darkness. Even New York is preparing the people for what if there is a nuclear bomb that goes off in New York. These are quite scary, scary times. But we can look at the world and it's all gloom and doom and dark, and then we are sucked into the darkness. But we're meant to be walking in the Spirit. We're meant to be seeing at a higher level. That doesn't mean that these bad things are not going on in the world. It doesn't mean that there's not darkness, but the light has come. And the Lord has illuminated us. And what I see in this psalm here is that the psalmist is seeing with healthy Seeing when he looks out at creation, he looks out at the world. Look at what he says here, and I'm reading from the NIV here. Psalm 65, 8. The whole earth is filled 
with awe at your wonders. Listen to that. Soak in it. The whole earth is, is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. So the psalmist is seeing with the eyes of love. He is in love with God, and wherever he looks, he's seeing God's creation, and he is seeing that the whole earth is filled with awe, and it's filled with God's wonders, and it's from the beginning, the morning dawning, to the evening, and the lights fading. You call forth songs of joy. So it's, it's this looking at the world and appreciating the grace that is there. Now, again, being honest, there is a lot of sin in the world. Yet God's grace in this world abounds more than the sin. And so we look and we look and we see green grass and we see the showers and the birds, the kookaburra birds would come up right up to the... Uh, balcony. I took a picture and showed Fran. I said, this is my congregation this morning. <laughs> Those two kookaburras, they look quite young because of how fluffy they were. And why did they come? Because they knew that I might have a little bit of extra bacon on the barbecue or something. And then all the birds started to come. And the birds are interesting because one comes, they taste something good, and then they call their friends. And then all of a sudden, the whole flock is coming, and you have a whole birdhouse. At one time, I didn't plan to share this, but one time I was doing a barbecue uh, in the beginning uh, of the trip, and we're on the barbecue, and there was a, I was making the bacon and eggs, and there's a crow, he comes, and then all, he's looking, he's staring at the food. I'm like, oh, no, I can't move from here because this guy is staring. <laughs> he's staring at the food. Well, he starts crowing, and he's calling for his friends. So then the other crows start coming, and they're all perched up high in the trees around looking to attack my food anytime I turn away. So I had to keep such a vigilant uh, eye so that they wouldn't come and grab the food when I, turn, when I turned away. Well, the birds in Australia are like that. They'll you know, be eating a sausage, and they'll come and <laughs> grab the sausage right out of your bun. Uh, the kids know to watch out. You know, why, why, watch your food. Well, I felt like Abraham a bit. You know, Abraham, he's doing the sacrifice. And as Abraham's doing the sacrifice, he has to shoo away the birds of prey that want to come and eat the sacrifice. There is, and going back to what I was saying before, there is a lot of sin in the world, but God's grace abounds more. And we need to have these eyes that see the grace in the world that has death and decay, but then God's grace is abounding even more. And to see the life and to see the beauty, even in the desert, there's great beauty. So this seeing this seeing uh, clearly, this seeing healthy, uh, had been something that began to you know, rise in my heart. 
And I'm thinking about Moses because when God called Moses, he didn't see healthy. He didn't see uh, in a good way yet. And if you go to Exodus 4, and you look at what he says there, Exodus 4, 1, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me? So God is speaking to him. God's calling him. But he's asking, what if? What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? And he's asking, what if? And this is sometimes how we can go about it. It could be our whole attitude of life is not seeing God, but seeing all the bad things that could happen. We wake up in the morning. What if somebody is going to try to steal something from me? What if somebody's going to attack me? What if uh, something's going to go wrong? What if my health is going to deteriorate? All these what ifs. Have you asked yourself these what ifs? And if we start to think like this, our eyes spiritually start to get, and I'm talking about the eyes of our hearts, start to get dim. Uh, they become like the things we're worried about. The thing that we're worried about becomes the idol. And then our lives are now built around worry, anxiety, and fear rather than eyes of expectancy and hope. So what the Lord was speaking to me as I'm there doing my devotions is, why don't you say, what will Instead of what if this happens, that happens, what I don't have. And Moses was focused a lot on what he didn't have at that time. But what will? What will God do? What is God going to do today? What goodness is he going to show me today? How is he going to work today? How is he going to turn the things that are bad into things that are good? What will he do? So this is a whole way of seeing that is different. It's a, a seeing of expectancy. It's what the Bible describes as hope. And then when you have these eyes of hope, you start to look at the world and you look at it like the psalmist does and like the bride does in the Song of Songs. And you start to look at it and this, is, this world is filled with wonder. It's filled with goodness. God is present. God is uh, evident. And also, this, these eyes that are expectant and full of hope, what, they end up, what, end up, what ends up happening in you is that you live with gratitude and thankfulness. You start to see that God's hand was at work here. God was moving here, acting here. He was at work here and there. And you start to see the Lord. And this is the problem for... Uh, most of us, is that we're blind in seeing Jesus. Jesus is there. He's in creation. He's in his people. He's in his word. He's trying to show us love throughout the day. He wants to shower us with his love, but we're blind to seeing him. Now, I know that when we think of blindness, we're often thinking of the unbelievers, right? The unbelievers that don't know Jesus, they're blind. But we can be blind, too, to much of what he wants to show. So we may see, we may be saved in that way, but every day we carry this dread with us because we're not seeing him and his glory. We're not seeing according to 
Psalm 65. So seeing clearly says, what will God do today? How will he bless us? What goodness does he have in store? How will he shower me with his love and those around us? Where is he active? And, and to see that, and that's where testimonies come from, is because you're seeing. You're having eyes that see. So Psalm 31.9. Psalm 31.9. We're doing good for time here. I don't know how Daniel and Diane did it with these 40 minutes blitz services, but it sounds like it. it sounds like you guys did uh, wonderful and were very supportive. Uh, Psalm 31, verse 19. Listen to this. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you. Notice that he stores them up. These good things, this goodness, tov, right? How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. So we'll just stop there. Here is what God is doing for those who fear him. He's storing up all this goodness, and in your day, he wants to pour out all that goodness. And generally what we do, or our sinful minds do, is that we look at all the troubles and the bad things. And then those things depress us and we start to lose our love for life. We start to lose our love for the Lord and our love for one another because all we're seeing is the trouble. And yes, there is trouble out there, but we need to see higher. And this is this, he has these good things and they're stored for us. And he wants to bestow them on us in the sight of all. Give me eyes to see it, Lord. Give me eyes to see you. Give me eyes to see these good things. Give me eyes. Because this is going to help our relationship with God where we're going to get closer to him. Uh, each, each day. Instead of thinking, what if this bad thing happens? Think, what will God do and what is he doing? And this brings us to one of our first days on our trip. We were in Umundi. Have you been to Umundi, Umundi Markets? It's, it's a great place. And my favorite place is the bookstore. I just say, drop me off at the bookstore. And uh, I'll go to the cafe there. And I got my laptop and I'm writing. And Allie came and visited, visited us that day. And he said, Dad, are you working? You're not meant to be working. I said, no, no, I'm just writing my devotion. Because <laughs> what, like, what I like to do is I'm writing in the morning my devotion. And then in, uh, during the day, I would uh, sometimes type it into the computer. Anyway, we're there, and Anna's with the kids. And there's someone that she doesn't know someone that Anna doesn't know, that sees her. And she sees that Anna's wearing those colorful, I don't know if you saw them before, that the quite colorful retro 70s pants that she wears. And the lady sees Anna with these colorful uh, pants that 
Anna wears, and she says uh, to her, excuse me, I've got the, and she had a, 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 some pants that were like them, this uh, stranger, uh, they were like Anna's pants, and she went to return them to a stall because they didn't fit her. And so, uh, but she went to the stall, and she couldn't find the stallkeeper there, so she couldn't return them. So when she saw that Anna had these pants, she said to her, would you like these pants? I want to give them to you. And she, she said, God bless you. And Anna said, God bless you. And then the stranger said, I love Jesus. And God wants to bless you, talking to Anna. God wants to bless you, and he wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing. And that blessing will bring them in, bring them in, you know, bring in the lost. And Anna said, I love Jesus too. And Anna was in tears, and the stranger was in tears. And Anna took the, the pants, and, and Valerie was taken that a random person out of nowhere goes out of her way to bless Anna. And it was, uh, it was a taste that she, Anna writes in her journal. I won't read it all because it's quite, it's quite juicy stuff. But um, <laughs> but Anna writes about how, oh, the bookmark. Oh, there it is. She writes about. Can I read this little prayer? I won't read all of it. <laughs> I felt so blessed, but then I got in the car with my husband and it was all over. No. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Father, thank you so much for blessing me yesterday. For reminding me of your personal love and care for me and your provision. She writes about the afternoon, but that's what I was so shocked and overwhelmed, amazed at God's kindness and love to me, tears streaming down my face. And she, uh, oh, I can read this whole conversation here. It will be better than my story. I, uh, there's these, uh, I love your pants, the lady said. Listen. Uh, listen, I came to the markets to return a pair of pants that didn't fit me, but the stall holder wasn't there, there. I think you'd like them. Would you like them? Can I give them to you? I was a bit shocked and said, are you sure? That's so kind of you. She said, yes, God bless you. God bless you too. Thanks so much. I love Jesus and he wants to bless you. I love Jesus too. And Anna was beginning to well up in tears. Well, he wants to bless you to be a blessing to bring them in. Amen. And this really sums up what I want to share today. That we need to be looking and seeing the active care and love of God in our life. It sometimes comes uh, very demonstratively to us like that time. Other times it comes more silently and subtly. And we may not see it if we're not looking. But there's a reason why it's important to receive God's blessing because we are blessed to be a blessing. 
Nobody is going to be attracted to Christians or the wrong people are going to be attracted to Christians if they're all sourpuss and life stinks, the church stinks, everything stinks, but Jesus is good. (laughs) And, And generally, I've seen that type of evangelism. It doesn't win too many people. But what if, yeah, life is tough, but I know someone who is tougher, and he brings me joy, and he brings light and love into my life, and the whole world is full with his wonders. What if that's the way, that's the biblical way, that's how we should express the Lord? It's called good news. (laughs) Good news. And good news is attractive to the right people. Hallelujah. So Jesus wants to heal our eyes so that we see with the eyes of innocence, eyes of wonder, and the eyes of expectancy. Let me just say something about eyes of innocence. It's very difficult the longer you live to see with eyes of innocence because you start to get jaded. Everybody seems to be jaded. We start to see people and think, what's this person going to do to me? What do they want from me? And of course, we need uh, discernment, but we should more think, how does God want to use me to bless them? And like, they might be throwing a punch at me, but how do I turn this around like jujitsu and and bring down their flesh and bring them into the, wrestle them into the goodness of God? And I think of my youth pastor would threaten to baptize people in the toilets <laughs> because he was a tough, tough guy coming from the motorcycle gangs. And, uh, well, we, could, we don't have too much water here, but Missy, you could lead the baptism in the toilets. <laughs> okay, if you're listening to the audio recording, we are joking. So Jesus wants to heal our eyes, to have those eyes of innocence where we're not jaded by everything. And of course, the, the way people see in this world is a very uh, cynical, skeptical way. It's different than the eyes of Jesus. But people think, well, cynicism, skepticism, judgmentalism is smart. It's wise. It's not wise in God's eyes. The wisdom of God transcends that. And also the eyes of expectancy. I want to read this and then we'll end with the parable that Jesus, uh, not a parable, uh, a healing, a healing of Jesus, which speaks to us. Uh, But first, Psalm 5, 3. Psalm 5, 3. And look at this. Uh, The psalmist says here, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. Notice that. Notice what he's saying here. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request. I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. 
Now he's looking, and the word especially has to do with looking in Hebrew. Now he's looking. He has prayed. He has prepared himself before the Lord in the morning. Now he's looking expectantly. And the idea is, Lord, what are you going to do? How are you going to answer my prayers? Now you can't restrict God and put him in a box and say, God, answer my prayers like this. It's good to be open to his surprises. He wants to do good. He wants to bless you. But often it's a different way than we expect. But it is blessing nonetheless. And so he waits expectantly, looking out. And then it's good when you're living like this because then you go to bed at night and you lay down and you're filled with thanksgiving to the Lord of the things he has done. Thank you, Lord, for that precious time I had today with my daughter reading those devotions. Thank you, Lord, that I got to see your creation and the birds came and visited me in the morning. Thank you, Lord, that I got a text message and somebody's caring. All these types of things, you're filled with thankfulness. And then you could be, or you could go to bed and say, oh, well, the tap is still leaking. The pipes are not working. Some of the house is falling apart. My bones are hurting. My joints are hurting. Uh, God, take me, take me away. <laughs> That's also uh, an option, but you don't want to go down that path because the life of Jesus is then sucked, sucked out of you. So let's go now in ending. Let's go to Mark 8, 22. Mark 8, 22. And this is our last passage. Mark 8.22, and the Bible school, for those interested in the Bible school, help me to spread the word. A little commercial break here. It's uh, the intimacy unit, and we're going to be starting in three weeks. So it's the 8th of August, the 8th of August, 8th of August. And uh, sometimes we started at the, like the 1st of August, but often people are sick during that time. And also, so I thought one more week. As on the 8th of August, get us, get, we'll get prepared, and we got a few, few weeks to get prepared. So the 8th of August, and feel free to take this message and share it around uh, if you know somebody that would be interested in it. Mark 8, 22. Jesus heals a blind man at Bethsaida, and I'm reading from the NIV version here. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he, when he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Open. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. So here is Jesus healing this man born blind. And 
usually when this is preached, and it, it's, it's uh, very true and right in preaching this, but usually it's for those who don't know the Lord. And Jesus opens up the blind man's eyes, and the application is this is what happens when you're saved. And it's true, that's what happens when you're saved. But I want to take this and apply it to all of us here that throughout our lives, Jesus is healing us of our blindness and progressively we're seeing more and more. And I felt like on going this trip, I, I see, I see Jesus. You know, I, uh, the Lord has been kind to me, but there, there would be some areas in my life that I was seeing blurry. And I started to see blurry. And when I went away out of the village, he began to touch my eyes and it became clearer. And who, where do we get our sight from? It comes from Jesus directly. That's how we truly see. That's how we are healed. Now, I want to bring you through just a couple points in this story. They came to Bethsaida. And some people brought a blind man. Now, I'm expecting all of you, this next half of the year, you're going to start to bring blind people to Jesus. God is going to use you because now you're seeing with his eyes, like Daniel and Diane see, and you start bringing blind people to Jesus. Well, they begged Jesus, touch him. And it says here, he took the blind man by the hand. Now, put yourself in the blind man's shoes, he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. This is something that the Lord wants to do with each of us, that we may not see Jesus clearly, but we can feel him. We can feel his presence. And I want to encourage you to take your hand and put it in the hand of Jesus because he's going to lead you to the right place for healing. And he took the blind uh, he he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. Now, this is the thing is the village can get us thinking all dark th thoughts. Everything is wrong. It's, life is, is dread. It's dark. And so the village is something here that uh, represents a wrong way of seeing. But what does Jesus do? He takes the blind man by the hand and leads him out of the village. Now, when I'm spending time with the Lord in the morning, that's how I see it. The Lord is leading me outside the village. I like to stay outside the village. <laughs> yeah, the village people, right? The village? <laughs> with the headdress on. And <laughs> but... We are meant to be people who are both in the village and out of the village. In the world, but not of the world. And it's very easy for all the troubles of the world to get into the boat of our life. And then we start sinking. Well, the Lord, in order to heal his sight, the Lord brings him outside the village. And then he does something else. When he had, when he had spit on the man's eyes. So Jesus spits on his eyes. Anna talked about this, and it's a bit uh, like a spit in the face when we had to leave the church on the park because of all the, she preached that message, and then all the mud, and it wasn't too, it's, it's not too nice 
Or at first you think it's not too nice. Well, it's not too nice to be spit in the face, right? <laughs> but if the spit is from Jesus, it's good. <laughs> now here's the thing. Sometimes a word offends you. From the, something that comes from Jesus' mouth, it offends you. Like a preacher going around, he's preaching, and the spit's flying from his mouth and gets in your face. Oh, man, I'm not going back to that church. <laughs> right, but this seemingly, this seemingly bad thing, this seeming curse, ended up turning into a blessing because the blind man saw. And there's things in life that if you, you'll get focused, Jesus spit on me, and if he would be angry, he'd maybe walk away. He spit, spit on me. That's it. It's over. This relationship is over. <laughs> but instead, the man is just humbly receiving. And this becomes his healing. And there's lots of things that Jesus says, which is like a spit in the face, so to speak. But if you would just... Trust him, it would heal you because what comes from his mouth is life and wholeness. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? And then he begins to see, he sees, but not completely. He sees men like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were open. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And this is what the Lord wants to do for all of us. Our sight restored, seeing clearly. Now, we'll never fully see clearly. That full healing will not happen until we are with the Lord and we see him face to face. But there is going to be a progressive clearing of our eyes to see clearly, to see healthy. And notice what Jesus says after, and this is the, the end part. Jesus sent them home saying, don't even go into the village. Now, how do we apply that today? Don't go back to where you were. Don't go back to the dark seeing. Because if you see darkly, then your whole body is filled with darkness. How great is the darkness then? But if you're seeing with like lamps, the lamp and the fire of the Holy Spirit. So I'm talking about seeing in the Spirit, seeing by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're seeing like that, then your whole body is filled with light. It's healthy. And so as we go into this next half of the year, I want us to think on that, dwell on that. I want us to be instruments that bring sight to the blind. And also ask the Lord, help me to see clearly. And help me to be healed by Jesus and help me to heal like Jesus. Are you with me? Amen? Hallelujah. And that's it. <laughs> I'm going to pray. What if we stand? What if we stand and I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to pray. First, Father, I want to thank you that you used Donna... In the worship time, she didn't know she was going to share that. But out of all the scriptures in the Bible, she read that one. Which confirms to me that Donna is someone that knows you. I've always known that. but 
Thank you, Lord. It was just a, a com- confirmation here. If you could just put your hands on your eyes. Dear Jesus, I'm praying for everybody hearing this and listening to this here at home on Zoom. Touch our eyes to see you, Jesus. Touch our eyes to see the world the way you see it. Lift us up out of the despair, the despondency. Lift us out of the worry and the anxiety and fear and let us see with expectancy. Let us see with innocent eyes. Let us see with eyes of love and hope. Heal us, O Lord. All over, heal us. And as we go out of here and as we wake up every day this week, you don't have to have your hands on your eyes anymore. (laughs) But uh, as we wake up every day this week, let us have eyes of expectancy. And Lord, we pray according to Psalm 31 that the goodness that you have stored up for us would be poured out on each one here. Good things that we have something to share with people about the goodness of the Lord. Thank you for testimonies coming out. Thank you for healings and people being saved and set free. And thank you for those who are saved, but we're seeing a bit blurry that you would touch us one more time. Once again, Lord, that we could see clearly. That we would see that the fields are ripe for harvest. That we would behold the beauty of Jesus once again. Thank you, Father. And I'm praying a blessing over everyone here. A blessing of growth, of multiplication, of protection from harm and evil, of provision for them, of rich times with you, and for them to see this active in their life this week, Lord. For them to see you active in their life this week. So we give you the praise and the glory, and the honor. We thank you, Father, for all. We thank you for all the blessings and the good things. And I pray for the Bayless family, Donna and Kieran and all the kids. Pour your goodness upon them. And joy. The enemy has tried to come to steal her joy, but she's still standing, and she won't give up. And so I'm praying for joy to have an abundance of joy, and to see with the eyes of hope. So she's filled with joy. Bless you, joy. (laughs) Blessings, joy. And restoration, that God, you would surprise her with what you do. And we pray for Ben and Sandra there in Toowoomba. God, just open up the windows of heaven over them and pour out such a blessing that they cannot contain it. And give them some really good friends there to stand with them and pray with them. And do mighty works, Father, through, through them. Touch Joshua, too, and give him a, a peace that passes all understanding. And hear the cries of their heart. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father... Right now, in conclusion, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. Amen. 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 Now, I, uh, uh, 
I'm not going to get Anna to sing because I'm trying to give her a little bit of a, <laughs> a break, not too much. Um, uh, don't want to overwhelm her. But God is good, amen? amen. If we all can say hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise the Lord.